0: I know, maybe we should date, huh?
1: Oh my god, no, I'm going to talk this part. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing! Um, <laughs> <I
0: don't>, um... <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Yin and Yang podcast, created out of boredom, in lockdown, in London. I'm Andre.
1: I'm Z, and this is some advice for free.
0: That came out better than I thought it would, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are today, guys, recording episode five, actually. Thank you for everyone who listened to the last two episodes on shooting your shot. I guess, keeping with the theme, we're going to be talking about something you know, a bit further down the line uh, after shooting your shot. And today's topic is... What is the Z?
1: It's foundations of long term relationships. Oh, funny story. So, I feel like as we were planning this episode, um, Andre was like, We need an episode where you're going to talk more. So, this is it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the topic we picked. Um, Yeah.
0: I think the last couple of episodes, especially the shooting the shot ones, were quite, you know, Andre heavy. And uh, I guess rightly so. So today, I'll be the one asking all the questions, and uh, Z will be the one answering, and I'll interject every now and then with my limited experiences. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so we're gonna kick things off with always a nice easy question. That is Is not an easy. (laughs) That is not an easy question. It's not not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess like maybe it might be an idea to start with. What is a long-term relationship?
1: before
0: even that right okay what what is a long-term relationship
1: well it's obviously a relationship that is longer in duration or at least you hope for it to be longer i think the intention is different it's not casual it's not something you're like oh i'm single now see what happens go with the flow it's much more intentional than just dating in general i think ideally it's with an end goal whether that's marriage whether it's something else if marriage is not for you just it's more intentional i think would be the answer for me
0: i think i could have put it better and i agree with the fact that there should be a goal and i think nine times out of ten that goal is marriage i guess And, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, even I think about marriage sometimes. So um,
1: (laughs) do you? Oh, God, don't open that door. Uh,
0: (laughs) But like, uh, anyway, (laughs) so I guess now we'll go back to the real question that we wanted to ask, which is when or how does one know if they're ready for a long term relationship? This is the next step after shooting your shot. You've done your casual dating. You now feel like you're ready for a, a long term relationship.
1: I think you will never be at a point where you feel fully ready because most of the time when you meet someone, you would consider to start a long-term relationship. With, it's usually in a, in a much less expected way, I feel like, for most stories that I hear. So I don't think you'll, be, you'll ever be at this point where I'm like, okay, yes, I'm ready to start dating, to marry someone. I think that's a bit scary, right? Um, but I think a good indicator is when I think the thought of exclusivity doesn't feel like you're trading off something. It's more like, oh, you know, if I start dating intentionally, I might miss out on all this fun stuff. I might miss out on all the, you know, in Andre's case, girls I can, you know, flirt with and stuff like that. So I think (laughs) when it doesn't feel like a trade-off is probably a good time. Um, I think how do you know? Just reflection. And I think sometimes time, when you've been single for too long, I guess some people are like, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe I should just stop and like get myself out there.
0: I guess, like the other question that we could ask is, when when does it? I guess when does that relationship transform from just being a casual or mm-hmm. less serious relationship into being a long term one with a goal?
1: I think after a year is probably year. my personal. This is my personal. This is my personal. Though
0: like, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Actually, I think I think that's when you can consider the relationship quite serious. You guys have been seeing each other for a year and you'd hope at that point, perhaps you might meet their family. You might start to become a bit more included in a lot of aspects of their life, whether it's going on holiday together, meeting their family. Basically, at that point, you can sort of consider yourselves quite stable and in a long-term relationship, I guess. That makes sense in terms of the, definition and the requirements of a long-term relationship i think for me for a long-term relationship it would never be able to be one of these girls who i met on a dating app and i slept with on the first date and they they can't be one of my fuck buddies or whatever these girls that i'm seeing um i would have to have met them with with the intention of like dating properly and not slutting around
1: (laughs) i think that's difficult though isn't like how would you meet someone and then suddenly be like aha she's someone i want to date properly because i think personally for me it even takes a while for me to like someone let alone think about dating them for the long term
0: that i can agree on that i can agree on the fact that yeah you need to see how things go and then decide whether you want to date them in the long term but i think i would have to change a little bit from my normal mo of oh yeah let me take you home and then you know, fuck you uh, in my bed. I'm sorry, that sounds really <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> Sleep with oh, you.
1: God. That's, I think that's very interesting. I think the question is why, why, what's wrong with starting a long-term relationship with someone that you met on a dating app and you slept with? A lot of people have, do that.
0: I don't have a problem with meeting on the dating app, I think. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to looking for a long-term relationship, I would have to actually consciously decide that from now on, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. It won't be, oh, I'm casually dating with you know girls from dating apps and potentially having slept with them on the first date. Those girls, I think, are in a different phase of my life. They're in the sort of the pickup, uh, hooking up with girls sort of phase. Whereas I'd like to have a proper phase in my life where i start to look for another you know long term relationship one where i can hopefully you know settle down but it would have to be a conscious decision like i said it would have to be i'm going to stop fucking around i'm going to stop going on dating apps with the intention of bringing a girl home and instead it would have to be i'm going to start dating because i want to meet a nice girl who matches my values who i can bond and vibe with and i agree with on a lot of things and we have our own hobbies And I can see myself, you know, spending a considerable amount of my life with. So I guess that sort of segues quite nicely into uh, what you'd like to see or Mm -hmm. like to have in a long-term partner.
1: I think you see with this episode, we mentioned that we want to talk about foundations of long-term relationship. And the idea with foundations is that it's the weight bearing element of a structure. And I think ultimately, when it comes down to it, relationships are challenging. You know, you're, you're not going to be happy all the time. You're going to navigate all sorts of life issues. And I think the questions that I would ask, what are your deal breakers? Do you have any non-negotiable stuff? Um, and I think that's an important exercise to do. Having a think around, are there things that is absolutely off limits for you? Um. And I think more importantly, differentiating those deal breakers against the nice to have's. Things that are, oh, you would prefer, but it's not going to be a make or break kind of thing. Um, I think that would help kind of guide your search as well. Because what happens is when you start getting attracted to someone, I feel like sometimes your nice to haves become a must-have or your must have become nice to haves, and then you get confused on your own thoughts.
0: Well, I guess like if we're gonna talk about like, you know, nice to haves or must-to-haves, um, my must have is must have not met on dating app and slept on first night because, uh, um,
1: it's just a different phase. As you said, it's
0: just, it's a different phase. Um, all right, here's hypothetical, not hypothetical, real, real case study right now. Uh, there are a few girls that I'm seeing at the moment and you know, some of them are very nice. I do enjoy spending time with them, but, uh, would I ever consider having a relationship with these girls? Um, Not a long-term one. Definitely not a long-term one. I don't see a future with any of these girls long-term. But like in the short term, like, you know, dating for like six months to a year. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But um, so that once again, like differentiates the, goes back to the point of I'm in a different phase of my life out of the girls that I meet now, the girl that I end up with cannot come from this pool. She'll have to come from the long-term pool.
1: That's interesting. I think in a sense that why do they have to be in different pools? The girls or just girls?
0: Mm-hmm. And are they
1: transferable? Is my question.
0: What is not like out of the girls I'm seeing right now?
1: Oh yeah, it doesn't have to be who you're seeing right now, but do you see, is there scope for someone you're seeing casually to become in the long-term pool, you never know. Or is it something more fundamental? Is it kind of your personal preference for you to draw the line?
0: I think it's the my personal preference. I'd draw the line. I'd say, nah, I'm sorry. These girls, uh, no matter how nice they are or whatever, nah, nah. Uh, they have to they have to come from the other pool. Nothing wrong with the girls in this pool. It's just it wasn't with the right intent meaning Mm. i didn't meet these girls with the right intent and i think like we said earlier since we're building the foundations if the intent at the beginning wasn't there if the intent was i'm just gonna fuck you that's not a good intent to start off a long-term relationship with but i mean that i'm not trying to say that you can't meet your life partner from you know casual Mm. sex from a dating app or something like that it's just i personally wouldn't do that but i guess like uh, going back to the other you know deal breakers and such I think it's important to have standards or things that you like in a partner, right? Obviously, you wouldn't like someone if uh, if they didn't match your standards. Of course. Yeah. Or at least meet them. But should you hold every person to you, uh, to these standards? Um, I don't think so because there's, I don't think there's, you might have ridiculously high standards. Someone might have ridiculously high standards and they'll never meet that ideal person, because realistically as human beings, we, you know, we can't meet, we can't tick every box. And um, I don't know I could say like, a, Oh yeah, I want to date a five foot nine really skinny mixed Albanian Asian uh, model uh, who is Harvard educated and uh, models, Part time and is a full time research scientist or something like that, right? That's some ridiculous ass uh, requirements, yeah. and uh, and like uh, I make I say that as a joke, but like I'm sure there are people out there in the world who feel like, oh, you know, I deserve that kind of person. But it's important to to compromise as well, because if you always reject someone because they don't tick all your boxes, you're gonna end up alone.
1: You know what's funny? Um, actually, I met someone who ticks all the right boxes. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of boxes, I would say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I, I met someone who ticks all of the boxes and I was like, this is a guy I can do, like I can be in a long-term relationship with. So we started a long-term relationship with the intention of it being long-term. And then three months into the relationship, I was like, hmm. I can feel that this is a last long term as it progresses. I didn't say it, obviously, but in my head, I was kind of beating myself up over the fact that he ticks every single boxes you could have. What's missing? <laughs> like it was driving me crazy for months. Um, I was in this relationship for just over a year, by the way. So it wasn't like I didn't try because I was like, like, Z, he ticks all the boxes. You better make it work or, you know, you're the bad person in this relationship but i think it's good to define your deal breakers and it's good to define your negotiables but if anything it's more of a guidance or indicator or you know like i don't make it a tick box exercise it's not fucking internal audit um you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> no i agree with that i agree with that um it's not an internal audit
1: (laughs) sorry whoever if you if you're working internal audit and you're listening to this i'm sorry (laughs) but (laughs) but you know what i mean i think um i guess the question around standards is to what extent are they flexible
0: i think it's important to have like a core set of standards right i'm holding my fist up but you guys can't see that (laughs) but uh this core standards is something that you these are like your absolute must-haves they can't be um you can't compromise on these ones and for me uh one of these core must-haves is that the the woman that I'd like to end up being in a long-term relationship with has to be independent and driven and ambitious i guess like uh, that sort of comes under the same umbrella of mm-hmm. like you know being motivated and like wanting to do something with their life personally if the girl i'm dating doesn't have this drive if she doesn't seek to improve herself if she doesn't want to build something for herself i don't see her as a long-term partner because i would say that i'm quite ambitious and i have goals that i'd like to achieve and it would be nice if my partner also had goals of her own uh that she would work towards too yeah so i won't compromise on that definitely not but um for other things like uh I'm, I'm quite into fitness. I'm not, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder or whatever, but I like to <laughs> exercise. <just> <laughs> Stop him. No, I'm kidding. Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm,
0: I'm, I like to exercise. I like to stay fit. I like to, uh, I like to do some sport. I like to go to the gym, but if my partner doesn't um, work out or go to the gym or is not as in shape as I guess I am, that is not the biggest deal for me because, at the end of the day. It's not like a, it's not a must have for me. And I'll be willing to compromise on that. You know, sure, she'll still have to come on like a walk or a hike every now and then. But like, uh, it's something I'm willing to like, you know, be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it's all right. You go not exercise and uh, I'll go to the gym five to six times a week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I see. I think, oh, my God. Oh, I think, you know, when you were talking about core and you're holding up your fist there, yeah. it gave me an idea. I guess these i guess items in a way mm. maybe they shouldn't be in a list who said they have to be in a list maybe you know they're just a circular model of like the outer ring is less is the nice to have and then the further you go inside the more it's non-negotiable i think that's a better model than having a list that's like deal breakers negotiables
0: yeah actually yeah you're right you're right you're right it should be like Go you know there are some things in the middle that you definitely need and then yeah things get like more compromisable as they get further away from the center um what about you what is like a, a core must-have that <laughs> every guy needs to have if they want to have a chance with z
1: you know what the funny thing is <laughs> never mind <laughs> sorry no um i think my must-have. <laughs> I think receptive to feedback is a big one, I think for okay. me. the the key the key element here being supposedly if you're receptive to feedback, you are able to adjust and kind of like you know, like you might not be the best candidate there were. But if you're receptive to feedback, you can be the best eventually. And we can go on that journey together. I'm not saying I'm looking to change a person. I think that's, you know, like if girls out there who's like, oh, it's fine. I can change this guy, girl. No, no, no. But like, it's more like if he's willing to go on a self-development journey with you, I think that's attractive. Um, you know, I think being able to respond to feedback and internalize it and not get butt hurt is an important skill. Um, So probably that's a core kind of like deal breaker. And there are like a couple of other things, I guess. But also with these types of stuff, I think one of the points I wanted to bring up is also, you know, there are some people who date once in their life and get married. Um, There are also people who date all sorts. And then, you know, the more they date people, the more they meet people, the more these qualities and these circles are refined. They do it by trial and error. Hmm. And I yeah. guess to be honest, I'm more of the latter. And I guess you're more of the latter as well.
0: <laughs>
1: so this is yeah. not really a debate.
0: <laughs> if I had to be honest, I don't actually have a mental model of what my ideal like partner would be like. Outside of that core, you know, ambitious driven sort of, you know, requirement. I don't have an idealized female in my head that I want to look for. And this is the kind of like long-term relationship I want to be in. Um, But there are some people out there who know exactly what they want in their partner. And uh, they're willing to hold out for years and years and years in order to find that, you know, that one person who matches their, their requirements or their, you know, their idealized image. And, I personally never understand that because, um, I don't know how, how do you know, how do you know if your mental image is right? You know, how do you know if mm-hmm. your mental image is right for you? Uh, and Z is right. We both are serial daters.
1: No, we're not. Okay, we're not. That's fake news. <laughs> uh, Andre is a serial dater. I'm just, I just happen to make bad decisions.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know
1: what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was talking about myself. I mean. Mm, okay. like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think saying, like, serial data is a nice way of say, is, of saying, you know, is a man-whore or something like that. But uh, uh, <laughs>
1: You said it, not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we were talking about how your concept of, like, deal-breakers and negotiables will change over time. As you get older, you might be willing to compromise more because you realize that if you don't compromise, you're going to spend the rest of your life alone. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with being alone, guys, because – um Sometimes you just want to work on yourself. But, uh, you know, for those who do want to have a long term relationship, you know, start compromising. Uh, but then there are some deal breakers or, nego- you know, deal breakers that are a little bit more questionable. Um, for instance, there would you sacrifice someone, you know, your partner's looks for a better personality? Because if you asked me, when I was 21 and you said, Oh, would you rather have looks or personality? I would've been, Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Looks, you know, like if she <laughs> looks fucking hot and has, Oh, uh, she wears fake eyelashes with like long nails and, uh, paint- long painted nails. And she looks like an ABG. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is, that is my dream girl. But if you ask me now, um, <laughs> And after meeting women like that, uh, and some of them are definitely very nice, but a lot of them have terrible, terrible personalities. I think I'd be willing to sacrifice looks for a much better personality, especially in the context of a long-term relationship, because this is going to be someone you're going to spend the rest, potentially the rest of your life with. And, you know, like something that Z always says to me, you know, looks fade so uh it's important to pick i
1: was gonna bring up this point i was like this doesn't sound like andre sorry what the hell no sorry he was like when i was 21 i would pick looks over personality i think that's still true now by the way Um, no but
0: that's because yeah okay the difference is like uh, i'm yeah i'm just like looking for 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 girls to fuck so
1: (laughs) oh god oh god but yeah no that's what i think looks fade personality is forever So,
0: yeah, no, I think we can agree that, you know, it's important to pick someone with a person with a decent personality. But for me, she still needs to look pretty good, you know.
1: Oh, God. Um, You know, I know you don't watch How i Your Mother, but there is this thing in the series where it's called the hotness and craziness matrix. And there is a linear line. Basically, the hotter you are, the more, the crazier you can be.
0: Mm.
1: To what extent do you agree with that matrix?
0: I agree with it wholeheartedly. <laughs> some of the some of the hottest girls I've I've met were like basically fashion crazy.
1: Oh God. No, but for a long in the context of long term relationships, um ah. how much are you how much hotness are you willing to sacrifice to minimize the crazy?
0: You know, like uh This is like this is going back in like time. I can't remember if it was the Mongols or if it was the was it the Mongols or the what's the other one?
1: I don't know what you're talking about right now. Whatever, you know, (laughs) Genghis
0: Khan, Genghis Khan, whatever. As he was like rampaging across Asia, you know, Genghis Khan, rule, you know, ruler of one of the biggest empires in the world. Uh, he would on his military on his military like ventures to other countries. You know, keep in mind this guy was like an emperor he had like the most beautiful wives from all the lands and you know i guess they were fucking sexy or whatever let's just say that but my guy genghis khan when he went on these ventures he didn't bring his hot sexy wives with him he would bring like the wives who could cook and take care of him and they might not have been the hottest women but their personalities were nice and you know after a long hard day of commanding your army you want to go back to your tent, your yurt, and uh have a nice chill evening. And so if Genghis Khan can uh you know, compromise and like uh lower down his hotness scale, then I think I can too.
1: That is such a <laughs> weird <personality>. example. <laughs> That's such a weird example. Um I think another thought that I had while you were saying that weirdest example is um Oh god, I forgot. Sorry. Hold on. Give me two Genghis seconds. God. That that example put me off so much.
0: Uh, <laughs> god.
1: I think also what I was thinking, I have met some people who on first sight I was like, not my type looks-wise. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, not attracted to this person. And I think. I just remember being friends with this guy. You know, not this guy. There's no particular guy that I'm thinking of, but it has happened quite a few times where I didn't think they're looks-wise my type from the first go, but then the more I know them as friends, I was like, oh, he's actually really nice personality-wise. And then suddenly, I was like, oh, he's actually really nice. He he has a nice personality. And suddenly his looks kind of become more attractive to me. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know if that has ever happened to you, but that has happened to me, I think, a couple of times where... I was like, the personality is so good that the looks suddenly, like, it was like, oh, actually, the looks not bad now.
0: <laughs> I think, okay, so like, uh, when you met me then for the first time, you must have thought like, damn, this guy looks good, and then after a while, you write this guy's personality is shit, and uh, you know, not dating you know?
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over that <laughs> and not comment. <laughs> I think the first time I forgot the first time it wasn't very memorable. <laughs>
0: No, the first time we ever met, I hadn't fully matured into the okay looking adult that I am now. And so uh, I probably wasn't very memorable at the time. We met in a club, so... Uh, huh? We yeah, did it? Cl-
1: we met at university.
0: We met at university, but it was a clubbing event and... Did we? I was blitzed. It was an app Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I remember. I remember. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's
0: not important. It's not important. But like... Uh, I think for me, I think it goes back to the fact that when I meet girls, it's because I want to date them, right? I don't be friends with them first. Uh, it's never happened. So this case that Z is talking about probably has never happened to me. Yeah, and I still think, I don't think it's happened to me to this day. But it's fair enough because in a way, it's like the their actions and the way they behave and... Their personality makes up for i guess the initial lack of interest in the looks Mm -hmm. and uh there's yeah you know there's more than meets the eyes basically
1: (laughs) yeah you know what so that's why i was like it doesn't actually matter looks wise i always think looks wise the attraction will come when i'm attracted to the personality just based on previous experience
0: Fair enough. I think I'm the opposite. With me, it's like they have to look pretty decent, and if they turn out to have a good personality, like perfect. That's 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 a good girl. <laughs> but then at the same time, I'm a very superficial guy. So, <laughs> yeah, all right, okay. okay. The other uh, one we've got listed here is uh, opposites attract versus birds of a feather.
1: Oh God, um, which would you prefer? I think it's hard. Um...
0: For me, yeah. All right. Here's some like. Uh, a bit of context, a bit of background. I did engineering at university. I'm a very logical sort of guy. Very, I guess results driven. And I tend to turn everything into a logic, a sort of like a logical puzzle. And I uh, do things in the right order. Very boring guy. Um, and I seem to have this attraction to girls who are creative because i'm not a very creative guy if you ask me to draw something i can or if you ask me to come up with something very creative poetry something that uses that sort of you know that that requires that creative vibe it's something that i can't do so as such i'm attracted to girls who can sing who can dance who are artistic and can paint or draw um they don't necessarily have to do it as a career, but if they can do it, that is the kind of girl I like. So personally, I think I like the idea that opposites attract because mm. it's like a, the, creative ha- the creativity that she brings to the table will complement my logical sort of mindset quite nicely.
1: Mm. I think, you know what, guys? I have worked with Andre before in a professional capacity where he needs to create a deck that looks graphically decent it was disastrous so I can I can confirm that he's indeed more of the logical evidence-based driven guy um anyway that's kind of an aside but I think you know what you mentioned just now it's one element of opposites attract I think it's more like what happens if your personality are polar opposites I don't think that would work either obviously I was gonna go by the boring answer of like you kind of need a balance between the two. You can't be with someone who's exactly the same as you because it would limit both of your growth. You won't be able to challenge Mm. each other and you will think too similarly that it's bad for just your personal growth, but also the relationship growth in the long term. There's a reason why, you know, if you're investing in stocks, they want you to diversify (laughs) because it limits the downside risk. Sorry, I work in finance anyway. Um, So I think, But at the same time, if I'm with someone who's so different that I have to argue every single time to make my point, it gets exhausting really quickly. So, you know, it's a boring answer, but I would say that somewhere in the middle, probably more towards the burst of a feather, like slightly tilted there. Just I'm thinking if it's long term, then it's probably towards marriage when you have kids and when you build a family. And I feel like common values is always creates a strong foundation for families um so yeah that's personally
0: my answer i agree with it actually because i well, as you were talking i thought about the long-term relationship that i was in and uh i i'd say so my ex was didn't do engineering she did some science i don't remember what she did but um what i'm saying is that uh and she was a very creative person even though she did sciences it was by bi- sorry it was biochemistry my bad um Even though she did biochemistry, she was a very creative person. She could draw. she She could paint. She was very artistic. And I really liked that aspect of her because, yeah, like I said, I like creative girls. But I think what made that relationship last a long time was the fact that we could agree on a lot of things, right? And it made the relationship quite easy, actually, because we often didn't see the point of arguing in a lot of things so yeah it goes back to what he was saying it's nice to have differences because it's good to develop as your own person and if you were exactly the same you wouldn't you wouldn't develop as a person you wouldn't develop as a couple either
1: yeah i think you know when you're you know we've kind of talked a little bit around defining the criteria and how it could evolve and then we talked a little bit around the common kind of like dichotomy, is that the right word? Or like the common this or that when you're building search criteria. I think now we can kind of move into putting that criteria to the test in application when you're actually looking for someone. I feel like sometimes uh, people have the criteria set and they've set it properly and they know exactly what they want, but they meet someone and sometimes you really want that person to be the one right but then you run into kind of problems with that because now you're trying to nitpick the evidence that fits that criteria so that you can say you're trying to convince yourself essentially oh he's the one it's gonna work out but you've nitpicked the evidence so much that it ended up being more of a plug and play to whichever supports that criteria i think that's as dangerous as not having a criteria at all
0: yeah, I, I can agree to that. It's like a, uh, it's like uh, when you're casually dating. Okay, not casually dating. Let's say I'm in the club, and uh, you know, I'm like, I fancy, uh, I fancy making out with uh, you know some chick, and uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and, and <This> is <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> And I guess um, I would say that my standards, I would say, are ridiculously high but uh there are things like i i prefer but then as the night progresses and i have no luck i start to see you know girls who normally would not you know tickle my pickle oh uh... god
1: what is that (laughs) saying oh god horrified and
0: then and then i start like nitpicking like oh you know what uh she might not be you know she might not be dressed as sexy as the girls you wanted to hit on earlier but at least she's in shape and you know you started like you know you start compromising right <laughs> and so you know you just end up getting with it with one <laughs> i don't know what oh, I'm
1: God. no 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 don't say it Don't say it. i know where you're going um i think this is a little psychological fun fact but it's called confirmation bias um and it's very common. It's not just in when you're looking for a partner. Sometimes it's when you run experiments in the lab and you're just like, oh, this is linear. This is definitely linear. And then <laughs> you do the R regression and it's not at all. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's equally dangerous. Um, there's also this thing called choice supportive bias, which is when you have decided to choose and like that person. You you might not be in a relationship yet, but you have decided, as under mentioned earlier, the conscious decision. To pursue something with this person. That could create a bias in itself. Because then you're trying to validate your own decision. I think as human beings. You like to think that you made the right decision. Especially with regards to emotionally weighted decisions. It's even worse for you to come to terms that you made the wrong decision. Because Mm -hmm. you like to think that you know you and your emotions best. This is the part of the podcast where if you want to get some glean, glean some words of wisdom. Um, I guess those are the two flags I would be like, just because you have criteria doesn't mean you're set. Like there are still pitfalls um, into using the criteria.
0: I think it would be good if you also told your friends like, oh, I'm considering going, you know, I, I see, you know, a future with this, you know, person. Do you uh do you guys agree? (laughs) And especially your close friends, your very close friends, because they will know you best and can be like, Oh, but you know, he picks his nose and then wipes it on the (laughs) on the banister. Uh do you think you can live with that for the rest of your life? Um, but obviously that's a stupid example, but your friends know you and they know the little like pet peeves and the things that you like and that you want. So it's good I think it's good to speak to your friends so then they can like you know, uh, shock test your uh, your Definitely. criteria.
1: Um, I think also, I think that's one way. Like what Andre mentioned around talking to your friends, that's one strategy you can use. Another one is pace yourself. You know, yeah. like when you're on a night out, don't fucking take eight shots in five minutes, you idiot. Uh,
0: no, you should, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think with emotions, it comes and goes. And I think the longer you spend with a person the more you will explore a fuller spectrum of emotion in the presence of that person. So I think this is, my, this is my usual mistake when it comes to liking someone and then going into a relationship is that as soon as I feel a little bit of something, it usually escalates pretty quickly from there. And I think it can be a little bit dangerous because you're at kind of like the peak of the emotion tsunami whirlwind that yeah. you don't account for everything so i think when when you're like oh i think this is it this is the person honestly give yourself like i think at least five months if it's long term by the way if this casual dating then like whatever you know but if it's like if you're thinking about long-term relationships i think it should be on your mind for at least five months or so like you evaluating and stuff?
0: Um, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, because, like, it's like, you know, the whole honeymoon phase, right? When you first start dating, everything is going great, and then you don't realize the little problems that you have in that relationship. You know, you. Uh, I'm I personally have the belief that a lot of relationships last too long. And okay. people just don't know how to break up properly. Oh, God. Speaking from experience. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: God. You know what? I think time is both your friend and your enemy here. Time will kind of give you a clear perspective, allows your emotion to settle down a little bit, helps you make better choices. But at the same time, I think what Andre pointed out is that time can also be, quote unquote, the enemy to a long-term relationship because how long is too long? Mm. Um, is almost the question there. And I think sometimes when couples have been in a long-term relationship, sometimes they it's very difficult to justify whether it's whether you're in the relationship for comfort or whether you're in the relationship for actual feelings as the butterflies fade away. And I think it's a very common kind of like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? What is this? You know, I think it's it's very common to go through that phase in a long term relationship.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. So let's say you've been dating for a while, hypothetically, five years. Uh. You feel like the relationship is starting to fizzle out a little bit, and in a way, you guys have been dating too long. And the next, you know, logical step after five years would be marriage, right, or something like that. But you aren't ready for that step yet, and so there is that possibility that you date for too long to the point where uh, you, you know, you just burn out in a way. It's like uh, it's like people who work in investment banking, you know, they work out, they work too long. And they just burn out after two years. And it's like similar here is that you burn out the relationship before you can progress it to the next stage. And that's probably why those relationships fail.
1: In an ideal world, how long would you like to date before you get engaged?
0: Well, I mean, I don't plan on getting like married until I'm like 30 at this point. Yeah. Two years.
1: Two years of dating.
0: Yeah, two years of proper, serious, exclusive dating.
1: Okay.
0: And that, 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 that involves me not fucking around you know so obviously age will play a factor right because
1: yeah.
0: if it's getting a bit old then like probably maybe not two years but like i would say two years is a, a good amount of time to date and uh we'll see we'll see from there Well what about you
1: me i don't know i'm so young <laughs>
0: yeah you are Fuck. Don't, even, don't even don't even answer that question
1: yeah exactly i don't i don't i think i'm more of the go with the flow at the moment i'm not saying mm. i'm gonna date anyone and everyone mm. no i'm done with casual dating i think i oh. I was i even really casually dating anyone not really that's why I, i've always been just relationship one relationship after another mm. um cool so i guess we've touched upon the different moving parts of setting up a foundation for long-term relationship things you should consider Things people will have opinions on, um, and most importantly, you know, what are some of the common pitfalls when looking or you know evaluating someone to be your long term partner?
0: <laughs> I think this this podcast, this episode, has made me reflect on uh, my previous relationships, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go away and sit on the toilet later and have a think. <laughs> But um, no, in real, in all, in all seriousness, uh, it was. I think it was a good episode. Uh, there's nothing I'd want to add today, apart from the usual. DM us on Instagram to give us feedback and topic ideas that you want us to elaborate on. At Yin and Yang podcast on Instagram, that was a terrible outro. <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. No, I think that's cool. I think it's fine. I think just one last parting point before we part with this long-term relationship talk is. You know, we've talked a lot about things you should consider and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I don't think, don't wait for it to feel perfect to start a long-term relationship. Hmm. Like, I think there are people out there who's like, either internally you're not ready or externally it doesn't seem like it's perfect. It's never going to be. Um, It's never going to be exactly how you imagine it to be. But as long as, you know, as long as the core values are, you know, are there then yeah hopefully hopefully it sets up a strong foundation anyway yeah that's us
0: bye bye